beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. What's up and happy evening to all of the night owls out there. You're listening to Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. This is Core DLG, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, my little brother, Nico. That's me. That's you? That's me. Wow. You sound surprised. You're like, what? Oh, oh, oh. I always am. <laughs> Good? <laughs> I'll leave that one up for debate. I don't know. <laughs> um... All right, so it is yet another weekend edition. It's the weekend, and it's an edition of Up Late with Nerdthug Radio. Um, I guess we'll start as we always do, kind of checking in. What's been up, man? How you been? Uh, well, we played our first D&D campaign in like two years. Oh, yeah, that's true. It was my first time ever uh, DMing. Uh, I gotta say, a lot of fun. I've played a lot of one-shot games, and this is, like, I'm excited to see where this goes. <laughs> Good because we're 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 gonna do a we're gonna do a three week journey through a desert, just rolling fifty eight times. Love it. <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I I, I didn't know. I, I had told you this already. I didn't know how to start it. I couldn't come up with like a. You know, every fantasy story, I guess really any story in general, that's my hardest thing as a writer is always come up with the beginning. Like, what are they? What are people doing when the story starts and what makes them get off their butt and actually go? So it was it, it was um, it was like, why would these people who and I didn't know the characters they were making, didn't know if they knew each other yet. Uh, we didn't know any backstory yet. So it was kind of a how do I take these three blank slates and then make them interact? And so I just really just kind of threw them in it. Just, just start. Just get into it. Just get nothing, into it. nothing do it but to do it. I figured that was a, a better way to do it than just be like, you see an old man in the corner of the inn. He seems different somehow. Yeah, every <laughs> everyone knows the tavern story. So I figured I would do something different. There is no tavern story. It basically starts off in the middle of a mini zombie plague event. And it just kind of goes from there. It was a blast. We go all the way from zombie apocalypse to Aladdin by the end of it. That's true. That's true. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> you were really oddly pumped about that. I hate to break it to you, Corey. Aladdin's one of my favorite movies ever. I I just when you when I introduced a magic carpet and you went, we're gonna Aladdin out of here. I was like, wow, he is like he is about it. And I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I also love that you guys were so like, like Zach and Donald are so new to like magic and Dungeons and Dragons and stuff that they were debating on how like magic circles work. (laughs) Yeah, like checking to see if magic circles are like properly attuned and stuff. (laughs) Well, and then like Zach was drawing that diagram of the boat as though she was going to like shoot a hole through the boat to flood it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, there's not going to be... No, that's not what's happening. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. Wildly interested in the, the mechanics of how this is going to work. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I also liked that he... 
he sees the big bad evil guy in everything he's doing. Every character we cross paths with, he like, are you the mad mage? <laughs> is that you? Is that who you are? Is that is that you? Look, if he does it enough times, he'll eventually be right. This is true. I mean, I cannot argue the idea that eventually he will correctly guess the identity of the mad mage. <laughs> Look, if you're gonna guess everyone, at least one of them is gonna be right. <laughs> you're not even gonna introduce them; they're gonna be dead the whole time, and he's never gonna be right. This is where you. This is where you catch me off guard. <laughs> what a twist! What a twist! <laughs> so, like, the Mad Mage has been dead for centuries, guy. Like, <laughs> it can't be us because he's literally dead. That would be kind of funny. Like, you'll you'll never not meet him. <laughs> Just never even cross paths with him. That would be that would be epic too. Um, is that where we're going? Is this, is this the spoiler preview? Is this the spoiler preview? No, I've got an interesting idea. I think I hope I, I hope I can pull it off where it works. But I well, mean, I mean, it's kind of our job to hope that we don't derail your ideas. <laughs> it's like the number one reason I'm scared of like. DMing or like trying to give people like oh yeah this would be a great idea because it's like or it could go horribly south and everything be terrible because <laughs> your, well, your players have just completely derailed you well like so you guys got kind of fixated on some things early on where I was like I guess I'll just work that back into it too that's fine like the abandoned kingdom is really just kind of a throwaway idea but you guys got so into it that I was like alright I guess I gotta tie that in I guess Guess we'll make that part you, of the story. You can't just have that as a throwaway idea, Corey. <laughs> I mean, the entire about... kingdom disappears overnight, and you're going to be like, "Oh, that's not relevant." Look at it. Like, <laughs> well, what, we're, talking about, it. <laughs> we're talking about six massive kingdoms that went to war, and you guys, what about all the other kingdoms? And I was like, "Okay, well, one of them disappeared." And you guys were like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a big deal. It's <laughs> like if you're going. It's like if all right, try to put this into context. It's like if oh, you know. I don't know, let's say that the cities we're in, Galveston, Houston, Dallas, Oklahoma City, Fort Worth, all went to war. And then one day, all of Galveston just vanished. Every single person in the town just disappeared. You don't think everyone would be like, wait, what? Well, no, I mean, they would be, but they also would still be in the middle of their war and all that. So, like, it's a mystery, but it wasn't necessarily a mystery we were going to have to deal with in this initial plot thread. But you guys were just so excited about it. I was like, well, I guess we got to tie this in. And I was like, all right, okay. I want to know, Corey. You can't just have a sixth of your conflict just vanish into thin air and everyone be okay with it. <laughs> Realistically, it was really just a way to kind of not have to have six king lines still existing in this, in this time period. That's true. I get that it was a point to try and be lazier, but you have now caused more problems for yourself. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't finish my thought on the independent kingdoms, because you guys were so thrown off by the abandoned kingdoms. <laughs> yeah, see? Now, without having to explore the other one, now you just have to get the one that we don't know about. <laughs> I guess the two. The one we're in and the one we're <clears throat> trying to go to. So yeah, I was just trying to use just some shortcuts there, but you know that's all right. I mean, the idea of an abandoned kingdom is kind of fascinating. So, of course, I do. Is. I do get it. Um, I think I came up with a fun hook for it too. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, don't spoil me too much. I want to know what happens. 
we'll see what happens. We'll see. It's a so hopefully this is the first time I actually get to complete like a character because I have yet to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I think it'd be fun to go take these bad boys pretty far. Um, I think it's funny that like I was a little. I mean, I didn't expect any of you guys to pick magic. Like I knew individually, I didn't expect any of you guys to pick any magic users. But it was a little funny that none of you picked magic users. Magic's complicated and hard, and I kind of did. I, I'm bringing, I'm bringing a little bit of magic. You, you are, you are. No, I definitely like. That's why in the campaigns that I've been playing in, I did start like perp- making a point. Where I was like, I'm going to be a magic character, and I'm going to learn how to use magic. I, I really didn't want to be like, all right, yeah, let's, <laughs> like. The only thing I did differently this time was like, oh, look, I'm not a half-orc barbarian. I'm a Goliath <laughs> barbarian. Yeah, that'll, that'll show him. <laughs> I was surprised you had never been a Goliath barbarian before. Uh, I, I made a Goliath barbarian before, but never used him. I think it was a fighter. The very first fighter I played was a, was a Goliath. I was like, well, if I'm going to be a big, strong guy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a big, strong guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I definitely, you know, I, I think it'd be fun to keep going unless until I until I start murdering you guys, and then you get your feelings hurt. You kill my Corey character, or <laughs> if you kill my character Corey, I will be very sad. If I kill your Corey character, <laughs> yeah. No. I definitely was aware, like that, I could have overwhelmed you guys in the beginning with the big zombie thing. So I was like, let me make sure everybody's like easy to kill here. Yeah, so we didn't have. I didn't have too much trouble. I was a little bit surprised how much damage I could do, but yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise too. Uh, but like, if you look at the the guards, actually, what I used was just town guard, but their AC should be sixteen. But I didn't have them holding shields or anything. Yeah, so they don't have a plus or whatever. Yeah, so I thought that would bring their AC back down to a very hittable human, like twelve or whatever. Yeah, outside of the 27 they have to hit. Because <laughs> that's, like, and, like, I understand that, like, you're supposed to, like, play along into it. But, man, it's, like, one of the most, like, frustrating things on the planet where it's, like, oh, does a 17 hit? It's, like, no. And you're, like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then, like, that's your turn. That's it. Yeah. You're, like, oh, man, I can't wait to spend the entire turn. <laughs> Just to roll and miss. Yeah, that's frustrating to me, too. Like, I want to get out. Something. Like, even if I'm not doing, like, the most damage, like, when we were fighting our, our, like, big scary encounter or whatever, like, I wasn't expecting to beat it. Yeah. Yeah, but you just didn't want to... Well, then you got stuck in that situation where you were the only one who could do anything. Yeah. Come on, guy. <laughs> they all got frightened. They were very scared. They're very scared. I did roll back-to-back 19s on, like, charisma saving throws. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. And I set a really high number there just because it wasn't – he wasn't really designed for y'all to necessarily fight and kill. So I I made it a big dice save there because it's like, yeah, he's supposed to be scary. But I couldn't remember what fear was. I don't couldn't remember if it's wisdom or intelligence or whatever. So I just went with charisma. I mean, yeah, might as well. Why not? Because it's like intimidation, I think, right? Like, why yeah, not? Cur- yeah, intimidation is charisma. I have oh. that on. I have that on my character. I have yet to use it. You're intimidating. You're supposed yeah. to be. Well, I'm trying to be at this point. 
Well, you did chop people in half multiple times. I did do that a lot. Definitely at least two town guards chopped directly in half because of you. Yeah. I mean, I did real damage to the scary monster too. So, like, I'm, I'm like, That's true. you're, on, yeah, you're, I'm on a roll. Real danger. <laughs> I'm the most, yeah. And then I took out the witch that we fought in the forest. Like, I am capable, <laughs> which is strange because that usually isn't the case for me. As long as you keep rolling good. <laughs> uh, the scariest thing was Donnie's uh, laugh when I told him he started laughing uncontrollably. Yeah, that was really funny. Though. That that genuinely shocked me for a second. I said, oh, oh my god, he's laughing. <laughs> he's following directions. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to jump out to it. When we come back, we'll get into some pop culture news of the week and things of that nature. And um, yeah, you are listening to Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Night Owls? Corey DLG here. Wanted to make sure you guys know about the weekly schedule of The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more right up there at 525 Woodland Square, Suite 130 in Conroe. Every Monday, they're painting miniatures, and on Tuesday, they're rotating between Digimon or Dragon Ball. On Wednesday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! On Friday, they do casual Star Wars play of almost every type of game, including Legion and X-Wing Fighter, and of course, Magic the Gathering and Warhammer on Saturdays. Make sure to go to The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more, where all the nerds hang out. Hey, Night Owls, if you're looking for something to do this week or this weekend, make sure to check out False Idol Brewery, 7924 Maplewood Avenue in North Richland Hills. They got 20 beers on tap, three to six beers available in various packages to go, including wine, ciders, and kombucha. They're open seven days a week, opening every day at 11 a.m. and closing at 11 o'clock on Friday and Saturdays, and then open 12 to 9 on Sunday. Go hang out right there at False Idol Brewery, 7924 Maplewood Avenue, North Richland Hills. Radio, I am Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. That's me. That's right. Uh, we do want to remind you guys, we'll take this opportunity here to tell you guys about Extra Life. Uh, it's coming up November 6th, mm-hmm. so three weeks away. Let's get it. We're going to be, I think, well, actually at this point, it'll be, it's two full weekends from now. We are going to be up for 25 hours gaming, all really over nice. the streaming universe, the streaming world, doing some real streaming things. Um, and as we do them, and we game our little brains out. It's all for the benefit of the Extra Life Foundation, charity, whatever it's called. But they directly benefit the Children's Miracle Network. Um, We're based out of the Woodlands, so all of our proceeds will be going directly to the Woodlands branch of the Children's Miracle Network. This helps save the lives of children who are dealing with scary, real bad stuff. Um, The last couple years have probably kind of reminded everybody of their mortality a little bit. You know, everyone... A little more uncomfortable with the idea that mm, things could happen. You could die. Like, it's the real world out there. Don't forget that there are kids who are dealing with this reality all the time. Uh, they're in hospitals. They're sick. They're worried about stuff. And this is an opportunity for everybody to get together and do something cool that helps them out. We are taking donations on our Extra Life page. Um, we're trying to link to it on the Facebook page pretty regularly. We'll probably step that up. We need to, we need to do a little bit better about that, but you go to extralife.com, you search Nerd Thug Radio, and right there on our page, you can make donations. Every $5 increment will be a raffle ticket. We're going to be doing drawings for different prizes throughout the day. There's um, gift cards for dinner and movie. There's dinner packages. There's fun stuff. 
There's all kinds of things. We'll be we'll mail them out to people who aren't local. Uh, we're going to be taking care of everybody. Uh, we know the show is growing, but we're going to make sure we give prizes away that people around Texas and, and other places can use. Um, but more importantly, we're having a great time while we do it. So make sure to just kind of stay tuned in. And as the date gets a little bit closer, November 6th, keep circling it and circling it. Come hang out with us. We're going to be checking in regularly on Facebook Live and on the other different apps and everything. We're just going to be having a really good time and doing something that's going to be to the benefit of people other than ourselves. Look, we're selfish, nerdy people, but every once in a while, we're going to help some some of the kids. Yeah, we're going to do things for other people. Who would have known? I mean, I don't like to, but I guess I will. <laughs> um, actually, really, realistically, this is one of my favorite days. Uh, oh, yeah. These are always harder. these are always a blast. It gets harder and harder to do the 25-hour thing, but it's because you're old now. I am I, old, man. There's no getting around that. But it's still a lot of fun, and it's still totally worth it. Uh, it's for a great cause. Um, just stay tuned in. Stay with us. We're going to try and put together a lot of great prizes for you guys. We've already put together, like, I think I think Donnie said he's already pulled together, like, eight or nine. Uh, I need to get back with my sponsors and follow up and see who's in and who's out. And, um... Yeah, honestly, this is a big thing for us. We're excited, and we're going to be reaching out to people, and we're going to hopefully, you know, raise some money and really kind of make a difference for the Children's Miracle Network. Um, but November 6th, that's when it's going to be. 25 hours of gaming. Can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, so I saw this kind of news. I think this is interesting. Um, I don't believe you. Let me go to the... So DC fandom was the other day. Oh, that's their like it's like their pseudo convention because they're not going to the conventions anymore. Yeah, this is their way of like announcing a bunch of news at once yeah. while dodging actually going to convention and interacting with the fans. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that got announced at fandom, lots of things did, and I want to talk about some of them. But one thing that in particular that did is the 2021 DC Milestone Initiative Development Program. That's a real wordy name. What is it for? Oof, you're you not wrong. That is a real wordy name. Um, the applications end November 15th. Mm-hmm. It For those who don't know, Milestone was the black universe of superheroes that Kind of was it was started by Dwayne McDuffie and um, and uh, Michael Davis were two of the co-creators of, of Milestone. I think there might have been one or two other creators with them. Um, and they basically created this. There was like four or five core titles of black comic book characters: Static Shock being one of them, Icon, um, and DC basically had them as a parallel world and then slowly integrated them into the DC universe itself um, to the point where Icon and Static were in the last season of Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Static Shock, I think, is in the process of getting his own movie or cartoon. I'm not sure which. Um, Either way, I'm excited. Love Static Shock. And Michael Davis is one of the co-creators of Static. Um, he created the background and the Bible for what becomes static. Also, um, 
he launched he was he was a big fan of mentoring back in the day so he ran a mentorship program through his production studio bad boys and john paul leone who was the artist for static issue number one Mm -hmm. was actually found through that program oh that's awesome um see that's that's what you call real mentorship that is what you that is finding somebody and helping develop and and there you go um so DC Comics is saying that the Milestone Initiative at DC Fandom is going to serve as black and underrepresented comic book creators as part of their new talent development program, Next Generation DC, stating that if stories are what shape the world we live in, then the storytellers should reflect the world. The Milestone Initiative is looking for the next generation of black and diverse comic book creators who are ready to enter the comic book industry at a professional level. Um, when you submit in your book, Corey. Uh, I mean, I never know if this applies to me. <laughs> you're, you're Hispanic. Check your last name. I am Hispanic. I just, I don't, I mean, it it feels like they're going for a certain group of people, and I don't have a problem with that. Like, I mean, they're they're kind of basically saying who they're looking for, but I mean, maybe maybe we need to maybe we need to put something together for them. Look, Joey won the the MLK scholarship. That's true. You can you can you can you can get this. Get let's get this. Also, my stepsister in Tennessee went to a, a black college as well and received a minority scholarship there. Yeah, see, look, anything's possible. It's all, it's all, it's all relative. Um, yeah, so if, mean, it, if it's truly about merit, they won't care. I mean, that's a they fair would, point. They would be discriminating literally against the color of your skin because you are Hispanic, even though you look white. There is one thing I always think about when things like this go on is, uh, I mean, I, I distinctly remember this. Being in high school, I was a junior, uh, and there was a girl who was Egyptian who was a senior, and mm-hmm. she applied for a bunch of African American scholarships, and she would get declined after the interview phase. Um, and basically, what she started saying, like midway through the year, is that because she's Egyptian, but these were targeting black people. Like, oh, now you guys are gonna get specific on African American, huh? <laughs> I mean, it really kind of felt that way, and, I, and, it, and it was hard, like, because she was in all the honors programs the other kids were in and all that, like, it's hard to really dispute that, like, there's no one's going to go, you're right, you're Egyptian, and we didn't, we didn't mean you, but it was always... When we, we said African-American, we, we meant black, not African-American, actually. <laughs> right, and it was always post, like, interviews that, that she would, that she would find out she didn't receive, like, these major scholarships for African-Americans. Um, it was hard to kind of argue that. Like, I, I don't know for sure that that's what happened. Yeah, like it, like we don't know all the details, but it definitely feels that way. <laughs> it definitely vibes like it. Yeah, <laughs> and I always think about that when like when programs like this come on. And like, listen, I don't want to take somebody's spot if that's what they're if that's really what they're looking for. But yeah, maybe maybe we should throw something out there and see if it sticks. And um, but yeah, that is so anyway. Uh, <laughs> This is the big headline, and then we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about this. Um, so, Michael Davis, who is one of the founders of Milestone, was not approached or discussed the Milestone initiative with at all. You know, keep as in you mind, do. Um, he <laughs> he's a co-founder of Milestone Media, co-creator of the original launch titles. With his Bad Boy Studio, he launched the careers of one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 
11 comic book pros. Um, At a CEO minimum. of Red Dragon Studios, which is the only African-American-owned animation studio in China. And some of the top designers at Warner Brothers TV art department, a hip-hop designer, and a Jamaican TV anchorman, Basil Reed. Uh, in 1996, he was named Mentor of the Year, according to Mentor Magazine. And he also has an auditorium named after him at the Gordon Parks Academy. Um, all of that, and he wasn't brought in to help with this milestone initiative. Because, you know, that's fair. So he did the next best thing and he applied for it. Nice. Absolute legend. (laughs) (laughs) That right there, that's a real thinking man. I mean, if they don't think he's good enough to help run it, maybe he's good enough to be a part of it? Like, I like to imagine they're going through and they're like, this guy's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think this guy needs us? I think we need him. Yeah, this guy seems like a really strong candidate. Bring him in. And then he's like, you guys really brought me in for the interview. <laughs> you guys are seriously interviewing me for this? What is y'all's problem? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we were just looking. You have an amazing resume. He's like, oh my god. <laughs> you guys are literally the worst. Uh, okay, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, I kind of want to talk about this and wrap my head around this idea. And sort of like... I'm going to tie it all together. We're going to to put a nice little bow on this whole concept in this conversation. When we come back, we'll be right back. We're jumping out to a break. We've got a lot more Uplay with Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. What's up, Night Owls? This is Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio reminding you to hang out at Dragon's Lair Houston North right there at 21151 State Highway 249, Houston, Texas, zip code 77070. they got events going on all the time. They've got gaming and a lot of fun stuff you can do when you hang out there. They've got open Warhammer every Friday. That's a big one. Line them up, shoot them down. Army on army, smashing them up. Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio reminding you to check out Dragon's Lair, Houston North. Gigi and Mama Mary here from Paranormal XL Podcast. If paranormal is your gig, then our podcast is for you. We cover haunted locations, paranormal history, Bigfoot, and sightings all the way to alien. And everything in between. We are Paranerds. We also put a splash of spiritual topics in. Hey, if you have any paranormal stories or experiences that you want to share, email us at paranormalxl at writeme.com. Find the podcast on any podcast or music app you use. Follow us on social media at paranormalxl. Hey, Night Owls, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio wanted to tell you guys about SKG Retro Gaming, letting you relive the retro experience for two different price options, over 2,500 video games for $199 or over 7,000 video games for $299. This lets you relive your childhood video game retro experience. All right there at the pleasure of your fingertips, all in one device. Check out SKG Retro Gaming today. Hey, Night Owls, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, here to tell you about our friends at DallasHempCo.net. With all, with all kinds of great CBD products from amazing watermelon-flavored sleep-aiding gummies to Dallas Hemp clothing and apparel, there are all kinds of incredible options for the CBD enthusiast. And coming in November, there will even be a storefront in the Dallas area as well. So make sure to check out DallasHempCo.net. That's D-A-L-L-A-S-H-E-M-P-C-O dot net. And with me as usual is little brother Nico. Um, before we jump back into the topic that we were discussing of the 
just kind of poorly executed DC initiative there. I uh, do want to let it, I do want to tell everybody to check out the Adventure Begins comics, games, and more. Uh, their Roku page, where they are doing some awesome stuff. They do a lot of video skits and all that, uh, introducing new products that you can pick up at any local comic book shop, including Dragon's Lair. Um, but more importantly, they're doing things like brick breaks and things of that nature. So just go to the Roku channel and check out the Adventure Begins comics, games, and more. Um, so yeah, I okay. Over the weekend, the Washington football team honored a guy named Sean Taylor. Mm-hmm. I know you don't know Sean Taylor. I don't know that we've ever actually specifically talked about him. He was um, he was a safety, and he was one of the more he was recognized at the time as one of the most physically talented safeties in the NFL. Um, it's hard to recognize the safety as being anything more than hard hitting, which he was, and he was a good. He also was he had a good sense of where the ball was, and he was a very accomplished safety. But a very short amount of time, and tragically, he was killed by a home invader in his home. He got in a shootout with a home invader um, and was murdered. And so his career was cut short. He was only 24 years old. Um, when it happened, the team honored him the following game by only fielding 10 players and not having a strong safety out there in honor of that. Um, it was a neat little moment that the defense did for him. Um but throughout the – since then, Sean Taylor, while he's an important part of the Washington football team's story, they never really done a lot to kind of honor him. Well, they finally did, and the timing was, you know, not great with everything going on in football right now. Uh, but they went ahead and honored him, and when they did so, they just really botched it. Uh, they dedicated this uh, the street dedication ceremony, and you could see them in the background of all of the photos. So, Terrible. like, the family is literally linked arms and standing in front of a row of porta potties. Terrible. No, no celebrity speakers, no members of that football team, no members of like his college teams uh, were brought on to speak. So, at halftime, they just had the family come out and they like they did something over the PA system real quick. They took some pictures next to the jersey and that was it. Um, the owner came and spoke to them uh, before the game and thanked the family for coming. He wore a Washington football team hoodie. When he did it, like, I don't, uh, it was just a complete, right now, as we are approaching the new year, behind the scenes, I'm trying to line up a lot of stuff so that we start our January very strong. And what I'm getting at here with all this is that it all takes proper planning. You really have to sit down and lay out some groundwork and say, what are, what are the goals? What do you want to do? Uh, we want to celebrate Sean Taylor. Okay, well, let's get some good guest speakers. Um, let's make sure that wherever we do the dedication for the street, like, why not do it to where the football stadium is in the background or something like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just turn them around. Like it wouldn't even be that difficult. <laughs> it, it was just such... bring them into the field. Like, why are they outside? Like I get like, <laughs> Oh, you know, the street you would named after them, but like, there's so many ways you could do it that it wouldn't be terrible. <laughs> right. And so it kind of brings me back to this idea that DC's doing where they want to do a milestone initiative where they want to help develop more creators of color uh, in, a, in underrepresentation groups. I guess what they're saying is that aren't, there aren't enough pro-level talent ready to go in those groups. I don't know if I agree with that or not. I haven't, I haven't looked at it. Um, 
off the top of my head, I was just, I would say I suspect that's not true. Um, but rather than assume it, I'll just say, okay, maybe there needs to be more talent. But if there needs to be more talent out there, and this is how you want to run that program, then it seems like a guy like Michael Davis. Yeah, he seems like the perfect guy because he has such a good track record of building these people. Because there's one thing to have a program and be like, oh, look, we're trying. And there's another thing that like have results. Did whatever program we're talking about work? What are the results? What does the data say? Did this help or hurt whatever calls? So like, uh, we'll use something from, from before, so we're not tripping on people's toes. Uh, when Obama, when they did the $500 billion green initiative or whatever it was called, uh, coming out of the recession. Um, other than like the Solyndra scandal, which was that Solyndra had friends and family in government and received some government grants. When they went back and looked at the money, the money successfully went to a bunch of companies. And I think there was only one or two companies that were, that were unable to deliver like on their grant promises. Um, and that's a pretty good track record for investing money. Um, that's the kind of thing you want to see in smart spending and developing and something like that. So when you look back at someone like Michael Davis and you see that it launches the careers of Aaron yeah, Magruder, John Paul Leone, Bernard Chang is still a top artist. He just developed Runaways a few years ago. Like he's a big deal. Young Avengers, I mean. Uh, Brett Lewis, Christopher Sotomayor, uh, in Stephen Harris, Sean Martinborough, Kevin McCarthy, Phil Jimenez. Phil Jimenez is a huge deal. Uh, DC Comics first Latina editor, Alessandre Morales, and then Walter McDaniel, the owner and CEO of Red Dragon Studios, the only African American. Jason Medley is a senior designer. I mean, so you're talking like, about 12 yeah. comic pros come out of his program. Right, which like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a scene of hundreds. It's like, yeah, but these are all super big, relevant names. At least two of them are still important. Bernard Chang developed Young Avengers recently. Uh, Sotomayor, I think actually people, there was something that they recently wrote that people were mad at. So they're still creating, at least. Um, and Phil Jimenez is a, I mean, he's just a big deal in comic books in general. So... If you're going to talk to somebody, like, he should be, like, number one on the call sheet. Also, you're naming it after one of the companies he founded. Right. He was, and that's one of the things that's, that's the bigger thing to me, is that DC really has really mishandled the milestone idea for a long, long time. Um, I think there were some legal issues after uh, Dwayne McDuffie passed. I think there were some internal legal issues between, like, his estate and some of the milestone creators about what to do next with the characters. And so DC kind of backed away. But now everything's been taken care of and settled and is legit. And these characters have a place in the DC universe, and they always have. And so it's nice to see them at least bring them back in other versions of pop culture. Now, comic-wise, I don't know that they have. Like, I don't know that Static Shock is on any of the teams anywhere. Um, he's, in my, he's in my dreams, Corey. Oh. Um, I mean, Icon should be somewhere in one of these Superman books or something. I mean, I don't know. Um, but they're just not. And I don't know I don't know what that is. And I don't know how to... You can't... There's not a way to fix that. 
Yeah, it's it it seems very much like a puff like look, we're doing so much to help young black creators by not putting in these black characters that we've had for decades. It sort of feels that way. And it's disappointing at the very least because these are just Especially like of, of like kids like my generation, like I grew up on the Static Shock like cartoon, like yeah, I know Static Shock was right there. Like he he came out of the Justice League, Batman Beyond. Um, Dwayne McDuffie wrote on Justice League, and Bruce Tim was obviously the animating style, and Static Shock follows those characters in the Saturday morning like rundown. Yeah, like to me, like he's almost as like integral as like spider-man like obviously spider-man has a lot more sticking power now but like like when i was a kid like they were at the same level (laughs) i mean there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a reason not to think so because they both had cartoons right you wouldn't realize that well no actually one of them was in way more stuff and way more important than the other because as far as you know they're all in cartoons together yeah which is sort of a funny thing but you're not wrong. I mean, it's, you know, that is, as far as you would know, that's what they were. It's just the failings of DC destroying Static Shock in my life. <laughs> to where now he's like a cameo. Like, now it's cool that he shows up because right. he never does. It does. It just seems odd. You would, like, <sighs> animation is the is like the ultimate goal for comic for most comic books like most comic books aren't going to get a movie so yeah and i mean even if they do they might be terrible cough cough green lantern cough cough but if you can get something animated and out there for what two seasons i believe there's two seasons of static shock like yeah why would you ever put that character away at that point like all you do is just create more value for those cartoons by leaving by leaving them out there Right, and the fact that like Static Shock like directly talked about issues that were like important, like his like yeah, his best friend was white, and his best friend's dad was like super racist, and that's something that like they actually had to deal with. Really? Yeah, I don't. Like, I see. Like, like so, Static Shock comes kind of a cycle. Mm-hmm. Like that whole as Batman was concluding, I was. I think I might have been going to college and was like, all right, well, I'm not getting up on Saturday mornings anymore. <laughs> but yeah, like it's like it's like a major plot point of like like trying to like legitimately end racism here, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, good for them. Did they fix it? Is it gone? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I have to do the you have to take the, the math on that one. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if it stayed on the air, it would have been different. Did they win? <laughs> Like I think he ends up like saving him, and he's like, "Oh, maybe maybe you guys aren't so bad. <laughs> maybe all of y'all aren't so awful." And it's like, "Uh, thank you." <laughs> what an what an awful situation to be in. Like, there's probably a whole lot of people that superheroes are always like, mm, "Not sure I want to save this guy. He's on the list." Yeah. Like, do they check the sex offender registry when they're saving people? <laughs> Maybe they should. Maybe Martian Manhunter should flash, put it down that guy. What? Oh, okay. Sure. No problem. 
He's like, please believe me in the fire. Flash is like, sorry, John John said no. Yeah. <laughs> Superman's fast enough. He can probably read up on it. <laughs> Superman's checking the website as he's saving people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not a bad idea. Not the worst idea. It's way also, darker than it like should be. <laughs> also, well, like sometimes when they save these people, they just dump them places. So, like maybe it's for the better that they check who they're dumping where. Like, sir, can you watch these children for us for a few minutes while we do this? Yeah, totally, no problem. It's like sweating heavily. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Maybe they should be a little more concerned about that. Maybe, maybe we should have an idea. <laughs> Maybe this is the kind of liability you're talking about when you say certain ideas are just not. <laughs> the lawyer for the Justice League is like, Your Honor, we had no idea. Like, we just didn't know. You're going to have to release your browser information. That information is classified. Dragon's Lair's Houston North at 21151 State Highway 249, Houston, Texas, is having an awesome event in celebration of the veterans working together with Magic the Gathering and with Wizards of the Coast. It's going to be on November 14th, Sunday evening from 1 to 4 p.m., and it's going to be a magic event held in cooperation with Wizards of the Coast called Operation Gratitude. Make sure to go out there on Sunday, November 14th from 1 to 4 p.m., hang out and help support our troops and thank them for their service. Hey, Night Owls, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, wanting to remind you guys about False Idol Brewery right there at 7924 Maplewood Avenue in North Richland Hills, Dallas's brewery that focuses on creativity, consistency, and quality. They've got events going on all week. They've got Fill the Fridge Mondays with 15% off to go and $4 off of flights until 3 p.m. Thursday night trivia and Friday night special beer releases. Make sure to get out to False Idol Brewery in North Richland Hills today. Hey, Night Owls, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, here to tell you about our friends at DallasHempCo.net. With all kinds of great CBD products from amazing watermelon-flavored sleep-aiding gummies to Dallas Hemp Town clothing and apparel, there are all kinds of incredible options for the CBD enthusiast. And coming in November, there will even be a storefront in the Dallas area for you guys to check out as well. So make sure to check out DallasHempCo.net. D-A-L-L-A-S-H-E-M-P-C-O.net. All right, guys, that's made it a great and fun and wonderful episode of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, on behalf of Corey DLG, me, uh, little brother Nico, me, and um, our wonderful sponsors, The Adventure Begins, and everyone else, Dragon's Lair Comics now here in Houston, False Idol Brewery out there in, in Dallas or in Fort Worth. I mean, and it's just so many other people. We want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for hanging out this week. We'll be back next week because we're back every weekend and you're hanging out up late with nerd thug radio back to up late with nerd thug radio blasting all over dallas fort worth oklahoma city houston the woodlands galveston i mean we are just everywhere uh as always we want to thank you guys for listening um so we were talking about it all show dc fandom i just kind of want to do a quick wrap up of all the different stuff they announced over the week, and uh, we can kind of touch them on all. Uh, they showed so the two big things that kind of got everybody's attention. Well, three big things I, I should say. Uh, they talked about the movie The Flash a bunch. 
I'm convinced that movie's not real till I see it myself. I mean, honestly, the starts and stops on this one, I really didn't think it was ever going to get going again. Also, Michael Keaton and uh, Ben Affleck are both in this movie as Batman. Uh, and Ezra Miller's replaying his role as the Flash. There's a lot going on there. Um, they showed a very brief uh, shot of Black Adam. I think I've heard that filming has wrapped and now special effects are happening. And those will probably take a long time to do. Um, but the, the clip they showed was very, very brief, but really interesting. Um, and it's going to be an interesting character. I don't know. Like I'm convinced none of these movies are going to happen. Uh, the bad girl one, I think will, um, Catwoman hunted an animated Catwoman movie. All right. That will actually happen. Yeah. They got some cool clips of that one already. Um, the CW Arrowverse, like for a little while, I thought this was going to go away with, um, with Steve, whatever his name is leaving. Um, Amel, Steven Amel leaving. But Batwoman, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Naomi, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and Supergirl. Now, Supergirl is ending this year. Um, But Batwoman replaced Ruby Rose as Batwoman and just completely moved on. Um, They said, we don't need you to do this. (laughs) I mean, I think that's a really intriguing idea. And they just introduced Batwing, which is the black Batman character. Um, The Flash show is still going. I don't know if this is ever going to end it. Legends of Tomorrow doesn't seem to be going anywhere. I don't, I mean, some of these shows are just rolling strong. Like, it's surprising to me because, like, I don't know anyone who watches them directly. But, like, I don't either. <laughs> someone's <laughs> clearly into it. Titans is set to wrap up uh, this week. And then they're going to move into another set of Doom Patrol episodes. I did see the Doom Patrol in their, what, fourth season? Uh, both Titans and Doom Patrol were uh, approved for a fourth season. So, okay, remember we were just talking about Milestone being messy? One of the other Milestone's creators, Dennis Cohen, uh, confirmed that he signed a deal with DC Animated, and they're going to be doing a hardware movie uh, based on the season one storyline. Hardware was like their version of Iron Man. Nice. So, like, they're working with some of the Milestone creators, and they don't even bring in Michael Davis. I don't know. Uh, like they must have some they gotta have like some back room like beef like there's no way (laughs) something must have happened uh harley quinn season three is coming up i'm so pumped for that and young justice they snuck these two episodes out this week i've seen one of them already it's pretty good i uh, i i'm withholding judgment but this didn't fulfill the young justice itch that i had um but they are back. The first two episodes were sneakily released during fandom. And I guess they're going to be doing more episodes every week. Um, so season four, Young Justice Phantoms is now out. There you go. So a lot that happened. But uh, go ahead and check all that out. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I want to thank everybody for listening. We will be back next weekend. We're coming up again on um, the Extra Life 25-hour event. Please, 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 please take a second, pause, go donate to that. It's going to be a big deal. We're excited. Raising money for a good cause. We don't even get to keep any of the money for ourselves, no matter how badly someone needs to hold Nico down and hose him. Uh, the other movie that I said they were mentioning in DC fandom was the new Batman movie with uh, the vampire kids. Robert Pattinson. 
You look, it looks, he looks really good as Batman. So I'm ex- I'm intrigued. And they're really playing it up like a horror movie, not a superhero movie, which kind of is interesting to me. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's kind of everything that's going on. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, hopefully we scratch some itches for you. And you come back next week and get the full rub down. There you go. This has been Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, guys.